0: Welcome to a special edition of the Beer Podcast. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. With me, of course, is Jeff Allworth. I'm Patrick Emerson. I'm freelancing, so I'm, I'm changing the script. <laughs> it's a pod extra. It's
1: all open. It's this wide a, open.
0: This is a pod extra. Uh, the Oregon Brewers Festival is nigh uh, this week. We're potting on a Monday. The Brewers Festival starts on a Thursday. And so, as, become, as has become an annual tradition, we are going to preview the Oregon Brewers Festival for you. Pick out the beers you should try, beers you should avoid. I don't know.
1: <laughs> talk about
0: the ones we're interested in. Uh, yeah. So and that's that's the pot special today.
1: And basically talk about the trends in beer because we always look at these to see what's going on. With beer. Yeah. So if you don't get a chance to go, which in fact we are not going to have a chance to go. I'm at least I'm going to be in Duluth, Minnesota. Where are you going to so be? So this
0: is the this is the funny thing about this year's <laughs> <laughs> this year's pot special is neither of us are actually probably going to attend. I might have a chance to to sneak down there, but. Um, it's, it's looking unlikely So you're going to be out of town I might not go uh, But doesn't matter We're here to guide our listeners Through the massive Oregon Brewers Festival Which by the way is not as massive this year We'll talk about that too uh, I should talk about things like The fact that you write, write books Including Secrets of the Master Brewers The Beer Bible And the Widmer book is going to be called Widmer Way Widmer Way uh, look for that in 2019.
1: And you were Patrick Emerson? I am. Professor of economics? That's right. Uh, blo- uh, potting, at, sorry, tweeting at Beeronomics. Yeah, and so, which
0: uh, is interesting because there's now a conference called the Beeronomics Conference. I saw some tweeting going on about <laughs> and that. People were promoting the Beeronomics Conference and, and uh, 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 what do you say, uh, including my Twitter as if I was the Beeronomics Conference. They tagged you. They tagged me. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. They tagged me. Um, but of course I am not the beer Namics conference. I am the beer Namics guy who th- coined the term before they did.
1: That's right. Too uh, bad. You, well, can't, you can't have my Twitter. It reminds <laughs> every, every year in, I think October-ish, let's just say mm-hmm. October, uh, New Zealand has the Birvana, uh, Brewers Fest. Uh, and then you get tagged on that. And I get tagged on that. And, uh, not only do we get tagged on that during the Birvana Fest, which happens this in New Zealand, so it happens in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. All these drunk people are like, "Hey, Mike, meet me at so and so," and I get back and like, "Whoa, 140 tweets. What's happening?" Uh, oh, I see.
0: It's all these, uh, all these
1: Kiwis having fun.
0: Yeah, which actually uh, reminds me that I should mention that you blog at the Birvana blog and you tweet at Birvana. True. So uh, we're here for you to preview the OBF. Uh, this is a pod special so we're not having any of our other bells and whistles in our pod. So we should just launch right in.
1: Well, except we have to mention how it's
0: 90, oh, we forgot to, we forgot 98 about. degrees well, out there. Well, this is actually going to be important uh, as we talk about the That's right. as we talk about the festival. So <laughs> it is actually uh, relevant for the first time. The Portland climate has changed, for sure. We've already reached our average number of 90 degree days and we have about eight more in the forecast. Um, and so the OBF promises to be Hot and sunny. Yeah. And And the sunny is good, the hot is a little hot for us Portlanders. Yeah. Um, And that's going to affect some of the beers that I suggest.
1: Well, and it'll affect uh, the number of people who show up. Last year, uh, it was another hot year, and the Fest did not make as much money as they wanted, and they actually dialed the... Days down by one year. They had expanded to Wednesday through Sunday, and now they're back to Thursday through Sunday.
0: Yeah, the extra day, the Wednesday lasted what, maybe five, six, seven years, something about that. Like it, was, that?
1: it was pretty cool because you had to be you had to be hardcore to go on a Wednesday Which during is the, the day. Afternoon. We always went, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we were hardcore. Yeah, uh, only. Uh, not for amateurs. You had to, <laughs> you had to take a day off in the well, middle
0: of the week. Yeah, except it kind of is for the faint of heart. Because why I liked it was it tend to be more mellow, quiet. Exactly. Nice. Um, it does get a little crazy, rowdy, especially towards the weekend—Friday, Saturday, especially Friday, Saturday. A little, probably a little less on Sunday. Uh, but you need to keep that in mind. If, but hot, sunny weather usually isn't what people complain about. So
1: good for you. Come, come. There are, there is shade. There is tents. There's trees. People who follow me on uh, social media know that I do, in fact, complain about the the sun all the time. Oh yeah, we <laughs> well, as good Portlanders, we always complain about the heat. Yes, uh, more than the rain. I enjoy the first few days in uh, in in July, and then I'm done.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it used to be that we would have a few, we'd maybe have one little hot streak, streak where we get above ninety, and now this is kind of almost a permanent fixture of half of our summers.
1: Yeah, is really hot. Yeah, I grew up in Boise, Idaho, and. Uh, it would just be hot all summer, and we're starting to have Boise, Idaho weather, which is not cool. Time to new move north, maybe Bellingham, Washington. Maybe that's where I should go next. I did notice that Seattle's got five or six degrees cooler through this hot snap, which you drops it down into almost tolerable. Usually they are, yeah. So Usually all right. they are. All right, well, let's, Let, let's on. get Let's get on,
0: on track here. Okay, so some, some facts. Oregon Brewers Festival this
1: uh, year uh, runs from uh, Thursday the 26th of July to Sunday the 29th of July. Uh, noon to 9 p.m. all days except Sunday when it's noon to 7. Right,
0: and this is a uh, a festival that has grown over the years but has sort of reached a steady state of um, uh, a huge number of Oregon brewers plus other uh, and, uh, a good representation of West Coast brewers and then a few uh, farther-flung breweries. Um, the, they're also adding, uh, not adding, but they also include some cider, um and as, they, i think they are adding I think this is the first year with cider is
1: it the first year with cider? i think so okay so it's, they're adding cider it's definitely the first year with wine yes that was yeah. weird yeah wine is is odd so if you add i think that sorry. must be a sop to the people who are dragged down there who don't actually like beer try to give them something at least on the wine side
0: yeah maybe maybe it's to to bring in the wine exactly the couples like mine right who have my spouse will drink some wine but rarely drinks beer yeah uh yeah, so a total of 86 brewers, cideries, and wineries
1: uh, are represented. So that's a lot. Including five from uh, Baja California, which is cool. Including a couple that I know and saw last year, uh, which was cool. Including, and I even have my my coaster here, yeah. from Aguamala. Aguamala. Down there in Ensenada. Nice. nice really cool brewery that we, we visited and... Uh, yeah, you had your little junket
0: down in Mexico and we did a little podcast on that. So if you're
1: interested, that's look right. back in the archives. Good call, yeah. Yeah. Oh Me- yeah. Mexican craft beer is a really interesting topic. And if you missed that one, definitely check it out. Mm. Uh, very interesting topic. So. so the OBF
0: this year gives you a unique opportunity to sample five different ensenada beers. Or not ensenada, Baja beers.
1: Baja beers. A couple encenadas. Uh, a couple of
0: ensenadas, yeah. Uh, okay, what else about the do you need to know about the Oregon Brewers Fest? There is no uh, admission fee uh and it's all ages uh if you want to drink you buy a mug and tokens and uh you get a wristband if you're old enough and then you get around and usually a pour a three ounce pour is one token
1: yep I and think you can all... get a full pour for four tokens i think it all think. checks out maybe it's back to, is it back to four ounces i don't know three or four ounces you get a you get a taster whatever it is yeah it, it seems to bounce around between three and four ounces
0: it's located in the downtown portland and lovely waterfront park uh, which gets less and less lovely as more and more people walk over it. The grass goes away. The sand underneath starts poking through, uh, and it tends to get a little boisterous uh, as the evening rolls on after work hours. But it tends to be pretty nice and uh, uh, peaceful early in the week during the day. Indeed. So, all right, let's roll, man. Let's roll. So let's talk about this year's uh, Oregon Brewers Festival and the uh, beers.
1: Um, should we do a little of the overview kind of stuff?
0: Yes, you should.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, we, it's, it's we all you. well, we, I, I always like to look and see how it's changing. And, uh, I, I didn't actually do this year because I completely co-opted it. Chris Crab, who does the, the media stuff, um, took my OBF by the numbers mm-hmm. and now sends it out as a press release. So I did not bother to crunch all the numbers she'd already crunched, uh, However, I was able to refer back to previous years and noted that this year the average ABV for the fest is six point one percent, which is actually kind of higher than it was before, five point seven percent last year. So yeah. you know half a percentage is is a across whatever eighty beers is kind of a, a big jump, so more but more, if you if you
0: dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, you'll see that. That distribution has pretty fat tails or even maybe bimodal. So there's a bunch of low alcohol beers and a bunch of really big, 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 big beers and fewer, therefore, uh, medium ABV right. beers. Right. So you can go back and
1: forth and get your medium that way. Yeah, <laughs>
0: or you could just mix in one glass and then...
1: I also charted the average IBUs. I've been doing that for years to see if they're going up and going down, uh-huh. and they're exactly the same as they were in 2017. Uh-huh. Interesting. Average average IBUs are 30, and I think you'd probably see a bimodal distribution on this one as well. Yes, uh, I think so, because there's a number of IPAs as always, but there's also a number of uh, low or no hop beers like Berliner Weisses or um belgian table beers or fruit beers yeah uh, sour beers and those are very low abv so yeah it's IBUs. interesting because
0: there's a lot of a lot of um the iba the, the ipas have have uh, emphasized late edition hops so it depends on how you calculate your ibus there a lot of those ones they often list at pretty low ibus right uh so anyway uh
1: in terms of um just general t- trends before we talk about the beers that we thought were cool. Yeah, uh, I noticed there were a lot of gozes, mm-hmm. maybe uh, six or eight. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, when you when you're pushing ten percent, that's a lot that's for a, lot of a gozes. festival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were a bunch of beers that had citrus added that were either like uh, lagers or. Um, uh, small crisp beers that mm-hmm. had citrus zest added so i think that probably relates back to that mexican beer thing which is still popular but kind of getting spreading out a bit yeah uh and then of course there's hazies 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 many 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 hazies. <laughs> yeah, i'll be and, talking about some of them yeah <laughs> and they're a certain number of the i don't know milkshake hazies or pastry hazies or whatever they're called but like things like uh, orange Vanilla Milkshake IPA. There's two Mango Milkshake IPAs. And there's even, this is bleeding over into a different style, Dreamsicle Kolsch. Yes. So these kind of sweeter uh, dessert IPAs and dessert beers mm-hmm. are a pretty big trend this year. So those are what I noticed. I don't know if you had if if you had observed uh, clots of things that were worth mentioning on in uh, terms of what, what people are making.
0: Yeah, no, I actually had the same... Uh, observation <coughs> excuse me I think that that's a trend you see in stores as well a lot of citrus a lot yeah. of either added citrus or or hops that produce a lot of citrus that seems to be big sellers these days uh, a little bit lower on the bitterness higher on the sweetness in general and uh, in this case um, just a lot of uh, light beers and a lot of lagers l- lagers and light beers uh, represented I think that that's I don't, you haven't done those numbers but i think and it's hard to categorize exactly but i but um i feel like that keeps getting uh bigger and bigger there's a few years ago at the fest it was very hard to find anything right that was sort of light and, and low I, low abv so
1: though very few traditional styles i noticed uh mm, yes. you know i mentioned gozes but most i don't think any of those or maybe maybe you know one or two were uh straight gozes they were usually fruited um there's fruited colches i saw and, you know a bunch of. If it's a if it's a a style a traditional style, it's often <coughs> excuse me been tweaked, yeah. Uh, which is I think a, a big trend in beer in general too. And to I see think that. there
0: are three Berliner Weisses, uh, four Berliner Weisses at the festival this year, and I think three of them all have some kind of fruit added. Uh, I suppose as a way to sort of fruit fruit to sweeten and and uh, give some fruit flavor that you often add at the bar in a Berliner Weisse with some syrup. Right. Um, I think only uprights is straight which is the one that i had on my list of yeah, course and the one that i like. <laughs> i like the ones that have. anyway uh yeah so those are the trends uh that i see i'm happy to report that there's a lot of lower alcohol lighter beers um for this really hot fest and because the way that we have always done it in the past is to get there when it opens on the first day and sort of spend quite a few hours uh, i tend to try to st- start really light and uh kind of pace myself as we go along uh, uh, the other thing about the obf and they need to correct this uh, but here's a little pro tip if we mentioned this before is that <clears throat> you get a mug and there's mug rinsing stations uh, where you can rinse out your mug between tastes uh, which is a good idea but that is also just uh hooked up straight to portland uh water which comes straight from the bull run reservoir so it's it's actually really nice water although by the time it hits you through the hose it's maybe not as pristine uh, but that's a way that you can stay hydrated, and I actually think that's something they really need to fix, especially when it gets so hot. And if they want to keep numbers up, which are apparently going down, one thing they could do is they could have uh, uh, water stations uh, where you have because because uh, those uh, mug rinsing stations tend to be low pressure, so you have to sit there for five, for a couple minutes while you're filling your mug, and people get mad behind you. Right. Uh, but I think that would actually be a really good idea uh, if they. Uh, really helped promote the hydration and have lots of good free water. Um, just have some taps where you could fill in your mugs. So there you go. There's all my pro tip.
1: All right, I agree with all pro that. tip and
0: suggestion to the
1: the good folks at the OBF. So, so how do you want to do this? You want to go from uh, just down the list, or do you want to go like yeah. you said it, uh, light to dark, or light to he- light to strong? Or
0: well, so I there's a few few things we can talk about in groups. I've actually the way I almost always approach the OBF is I I uh, I start with the lightest. Uh, so I, I actually downloaded there. They have a Google Docs or a Google Sheets, I guess, uh, a spreadsheet of all the beers that's public, and that's really nice. I downloaded it, put it in Excel just because it was easy for me, and I sorted it by ABV. Very nice. Um, so the way that I'm going to talk about my beers, I think, is I'll start with the really light ones, which is how I would start my fest anyway. Right. And then I'll
1: move into the, the bigger ones later on. I always endeavor to do that, and then I walk past
0: something that looks interesting
1: that's not <laughs> yeah. low alcohol, and I drink it, and then we're off to the races.
0: Yeah, I know. It's always a tension, because you'll notice. You'll be like, ooh, that one, that one, and I'll try to <laughs> stop myself. Like, no, 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 i got to go find. It's actually, I mean, it's a pretty big fest, so you might be walking a far distance if you're trying to, if you have them all plotted out. So the other thing you to do is look at the map, and right. then you can also sort of plot your your course through the
1: through the festival. Yeah, I'll say, hey, Patrick, look at this. It's a strong ale made with uh, tar <laughs> and... We'll, we'll drink it, and it'll blow our palates, and, and we're done. Uh, yeah, that happened that year with the um, with the New Zealand guys, right? Did it? Yeah,
0: it did for me, because they all brought, <laughs> like, double super uh, massive New Zealand hop
1: bombs. Uh, right, yeah. which would have been seductive to you. All
0: right, so I'm just going to start and say, Let's that, go. that, and say that the very lightest beer on the list is one, actually, that uh, would be one of my prime uh, go-to beers, because it's uh, from a brew that we know and love, Zoical House, locally, It's a Berliner Weisse with elderberries. Uh, It's a 2.8% ABV uh, beer, uh, something you can just drink all day long. Um, uh, Alan Taylor makes a wonderful Berliner Weisse straight up um, that uh, uh, I've um, added syrup to. But for this year, I think in order to create something that's a little bit sweeter and has some fruit taste,
1: he's added uh, elderberry. And I will mention that Upright, which you referred to earlier, has the the one straight uh, Berliner Weisse. And uh, Alex Ghanoum, who's a student of uh, beer styles, mm-hmm. knows that you should put brendamyces in these. And mm-hmm. so he did, he brewed this in February, got some brett in there. I think Alan Taylor brews his a year in advance and lets it age all that time. Mm-hmm. So both of these are going to be uh, fairly traditional and... And very light.
0: Very light. Great great ways to start or take a little break from high high beers later if you want.
1: The upright is 3.6%.
0: I think we both have uh, highlighted the next one on my list, which is the Double Mountain Brewery from Hood River, La Domestique, the
1: Grisette. Two Grisettes. There's also one from Perennial, Mm -hmm. and I I listed these together. Uh, Grisette is a, uh, a, a, like a petite saison, a small Mm -hmm. saison. And... Um, so they're one of those beers that I always admire that has, uh, low alcohol, but a ton of taste. So, yeah.
0: And uh, the, are... the Hood River, sorry, the Double Mountain one, uh, says that it has, uh, flavors of lemon, kiwi, and stone fruit, uh, with some green apple, biscuit, and bright
1: citrus. The perennial list is extraordinarily, uh, brief, but <laughs> does mention they use Mount Hood hops. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but perennials a, is a great brewery out of, uh st louis so i'm sure it's a good beer
0: okay and then in sort of the similar vein uh i i've talked a number of times in the past where i really like to taste beers from places that uh highlight local flavors and ingredients and we have one this year from maui brewing uh, which is double nice uh, a a double winner for me because um it's a belgian style session ale at 4.2 percent abv uh, and it uses uh maui limes uh, Huo Melon I don't know what that is and Laurel Hops uh, Huo Melon is a hop is a hop yeah oh well there you go that's almost disappointing because I was hoping it a
1: melon that's <laughs> <laughs> nope, a hop oh too bad <laughs> it's a German German hop oh well there you go Sorry to disappoint you. You want to scratch that? I am disappointed. No,
0: no, it still has <laughs> it still has local limes, but I thought it was a local melon. Some I just thought it was going to be a tropical melon. I was really excited.
1: Um, yes.
0: No. Nevertheless, I would still try it.
1: Well, uh, I will jump in then and say, give a call out to my my man, Bolt Minister at 5440, who's bringing a straight Dortmunder export beer, another uh, nice light lager. I uh, have that one to tag too. And Bolt is... He is a, a really big fan of the light beers. Does them really well. Uh, has won JBF awards, and uh, has bounced around in a number of different breweries and finally got to open his own, which is 5440, uh, which is across the river in Vancouver. Actually, mm-hmm. it's in Washoeville, but yeah. um, you know who's counting. <laughs> Once you cross the river, it's all. That's time. right. <laughs> <laughs> From our perspective. <laughs> Sorry, bull.
0: <Bolt>. Uh... <clears throat> Okay, should I go again? Yeah, what do you got? So I'm still moving down the ABVs. I'm not even into five ABVs yet. And by the way, there's a lot of other beers in there. So you can, uh, uh, below five, uh, there are 17 beers that I've counted. Um, So there's a lot of choices if you want to stay light for a while. But here's one that I I highlighted, which is Ecliptic Brewing. Uh, Our friend John Harris' brewery here in Portland. Uh, Another one that's... uh, guava blonde ale it's called flamingo planet guava blonde ale it's a blonde ale with guava um and i tend to like uh guava a lot so um it's one of those maybe maui's not doing it but john harris is doing it.
1: well there you go uh i did not order mine by strength yeah that's fine so i'm just kind of guessing here i'm gonna go with uh aguamala next they're bringing a pilsner aguamala is a well-funded brewery uh in Ensenada mm-hmm. I mean I just say it's well-funded because I was at the brewery and it's big and attractive and yeah um I don't recall having their Pilsner but it's a good brewery and I can vouch for them and all the other uh Mexican breweries brought IPAs because mm-hmm. the Baja California scene is heavily influenced by San it's Diego, San Diego yeah. so um I thought ah, I'm gonna throw out we <laughs> can't because I'm so predictable, I'm going to mention the one that's the Pilsner. So there you go.
0: <laughs> okay, well, why don't we use this moment to talk about the Baja California breweries in in a group, because there's five of them. Uh, and that, So I highlighted a couple of, as well, but I'll just go through the, the other list. So we have uh, Aguamala is bringing a Pilsner, and then uh, Transpeninsular Cerveceria in Ensenada as well, uh, is bringing in uh, what they call an IPA, but it's it's uh, it's called a Pleitas, uh, I guess, a Cali Pale Ale. So the, the name says is, is pale, but uh, under the uh, style, it's called IPA. Huh. All right. Uh, but they say a tribute to the Southern California style pale ale. Uh, it's more of a double session IPA. So <laughs> I should go figure <laughs> all that out. Pale <laughs> session, double session, whatever. Maybe that's a joke. If so, I like it. Uh, the next one, it's Insurgente, which is from Tijuana. Uh, they're bringing a Tijuana style pale ale. <clears throat> Excuse me. It won a gold medal at the San Diego international beer festival. Uh, it has late hop edition additions. It's got mosaic Simcoe and, uh, Econot hops.
1: So that's the other of the Mexican breweries. That's the other one that I know. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, I will say that the Tijuana breweries, um, are, the most heavily influenced by by San Diego and there as you might expect yeah, yeah. and they're they're um, they bring the heat they're pretty good stuff so. <laughs> uh, and then the last two uh,
0: one is uh, Vendland Cerveceria from Ensenada as well they bring West Coast style IPA and uh, border psycho brewery
1: also from Tijuana uh, that's bringing an Imperial IPA oh yeah well I've been there too they have a brew pub in Ensenada Sorry, <laughs> which has spectacular ceviche. If you're ever uh, in Encinita, okay. you got to go there, man. Holy moly!
0: Uh, their West Coast style IPA is uh, uh, it sounds pretty pretty standard, maybe Stone influenced because it's both got pine and some tropical fruit. Old school.
1: Uh, old school. Yeah, I'm expecting like a, a kind of a Stoneish. I think this is one of the yeah. more established breweries, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. So
0: that's your tour through the five mexican breweries which if you're a local that's a great opportunity to taste beer that we don't you can't otherwise taste which is a great aspect of the festival yeah totally um okay what uh, else do you like <laughs> uh well i'm gonna i'm gonna mention a couple of uh curiosities since we're all sort of mix it up here because they both happen to be in my my list uh so we've talked about some of these uh 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 interesting experiments and the uh, Um, sort of the sweeter citrusy ones well there's two there's two uh beers that have um uh additions which i think could either make them uh big winners or big failures and i'm intrigued so these are my two intrigue intrigue beers, the ones that i would taste
1: i have a couple of these too so we'll see if we haven't we haven't compared notes so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens here
0: one is from backwoods brewing company and if i remember backwoods brewing company is the one that just opened a
1: tap room in the Pearl. That's right. And they're uh, also across the river, but down the gorge a bit. So yeah. In, so in little Carson, little Washington, little I think.
0: Far away. I don't know anything about the brewery itself other than they just did that. But they're bringing the dreams called Kulsch, which you mentioned earlier, which right. is a Kolsch uh, that has both oranges and vanilla. Now, purist to, to, to mess with a colch in general, to purist would be horrible, but I'm intrigued. Vanilla and orange. <laughs> if it really does take like, like a creamsicle, that would be horrible. Uh, but... Who knows? <laughs> this, could, this could really
1: work. Horrible to you. Probably it would have a giant line. Those that's, things are usually well, are pretty popular. Well, that's If it really did taste like a dreamsicle, probably. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, wait. Let me go to one okay. of my weird ones. All right. Yeah. Uh, in case you have this on there, I want to trump you. Sasquatch, American <laughs> Aquarium Drinker. Is that on your list?
0: <laughs> it's not one of the two I highlight, but okay. it was one of the ones. I, I think I know the other one, too. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So this is a Goza, mm-hmm. which is black. It's a black goza, and that's because it was made with squid ink. <laughs> right. <laughs> also has seaweed. It has seaweed in it, yes. So that would be a trippy experience. Yeah, so that, that was... i that.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I would be interested just from the academic point of view.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it not... It could be good.
0: No. I don't know what squid ink tastes like. Do you? I think it's pretty tasteless. They, they You know, remember when pasta, that was really popular, having squid ink pasta? No. Oh, you don't? No. Well, yeah, you're a you're an Idaho guy. You're a pretty lowbrow. But for those of us who are like into hot hot cuisine, no, I don't remember when, I don't remember why or when, but it was kind of a thing for a while to put. Uh, I left Idaho in 1983, just to be clear. It, no, 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 it, you left Idaho, but Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know all about potatoes. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think I think squid ink is pretty is pretty tasteless. Well, so there I think you go. It's mostly used as a colorant. This could just be super cool with seaweed, though. I really don't need seaweed in my beer. You may. You I don't mean, know. That's true, but I tend to not like like oyster stouts. No, thank you.
1: I would put my seaweed goza like... up against your dreamsicle kolsch in a hot minute. Well,
0: you might be right about that. We'll see. Anyway, so it's worth it's These are the fun things. It's worth the taste. <laughs> Three ounces. How you can't really go wrong. You should that's try right. some of these. These are fun. Uh, I know what your next one's going to be,
1: so I'm going to go interject because I know this is not it. Oh no, uh, I bet you don't. What do you think it is? I think it's the pickle. No. no, that's in my. That's an entirely oh. different category. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get to the pickle later. <laughs> All right, so the one. and Apparently, you are aware of this, but I've never had a beer. Uh, Great Northern Brewing Company um, from Whitefish, Montana, uh, is bringing a uh, Big Mountain Tea Pale Ale. It's a pale ale with Earl Grey tea. Um, I'm a big tea drinker. Uh, I drink a lot of tea, including a lot of Earl Grey tea. Um, I'd never really thought about tea and beer but i'm intrigued well there you go. you've had it though so tell yeah. me not this beer but you've had earl grey tea beer maybe with earl grey tea
1: i have and uh for whatever reason when i was in victoria a few years back it was a it was a, a, a weird thing that was going through all the breweries not all the breweries but i probably saw four wow. earl grey uh ipas or pale ales mm-hmm. and I'm like okay this is the thing here um so yeah I I have had some, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to work with. It's very tannic. Yes. Uh, So that's, that's that's the thing
0: about tea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm interested in that
1: one. Well, my last one, and this kind of, I'm going for, you know, tying things together and all that. Uh, Gilgamesh is bringing a CBD pale ale. So there you go. Cannabis, um, is starting to work its way into beers and that, uh, so there you go. That's right. And I had actually highlighted that I was going to ask you, since we've
0: done recently a uh, uh, a pod about the cannabis industry. So CBD is the non-psychoactive cannabidiol, right? That's right, it. right. it. Right, right. uh, a component of um, cannabis. Uh, people like it for anti-anxiety, anti Inflammatory? Is that the one that's supposed to be anti inflammatory as well?
1: I believe so. And also, um, supposed to help mellow you out and make you sleepy. Mm-hmm. Does not work that way with me, but <laughs> there you go. You know?
0: Oh. Uh, okay. Um, so, I actually, yeah, I had highlighted that as one of the beers I, would, I wanted to try for that for that reason because um, I also wanted to know what, what it does to the flavor profile. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And this one is a pale ale. So, it says it's a light golden body. Um, but generously hopped with a bunch of different hops, uh, including Citra and Mosaic. Um, so kind of a, you know, sort of some of the classic flavor profiles. And then it's got a bunch of CBDs. And I don't know whether they extract the CBDs and then it's flavorless or it still has a strong flavor because generally cannabis has a very strong flavor.
1: Yeah, it would depend on how they extracted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Sally, uh, my wife, does, does this and creates a CBD oil, it tastes like contra. So yeah. But there's other ways to extract it where it doesn't. Yeah. So hard to say. Okay uh so
0: those are our curiosities um moving on now I back gotta, to our recommendations back to, to our recommendations our... i gotta i gotta uh okay so now i'm gonna i'm in a uh i'm getting into my higher abvs and of course to probably no one's surprise now i start looking for the really big, IPAs. big hot bomb ipas <laughs> and uh because it's the thing and i'm really interested in Uh, I I like to know what's going on in the hazy IPA scene. So one of the ones I highlighted was from our own local Hopworks Urban Brewery. Uh, They call it a completely excellent hazy IPA. Um, It sounds like it's uh, a pretty straightforward um, uh, hazy, except for the fact that it's a 5.5 ABV, which is why I was really interested. I had, and there's another one, by the way, um, uh, Fortside Brewing Company from Vancouver, they also have a a 5.5% hazy IPA too. Um, what why I'm interested is because when I was in Vancouver, British Columbia recently, I had a couple of in fact in general the IPAs there I found were about mid-fives. And I uh-huh. really, I really enjoyed them. And I found, especially with the hazy, well both actually, with the hazies and the non-hazy styles, they did a really they had a completely full mouth feel. Uh, completely full flavor profile. It just convinced me once again. I've already been, I've already been, been grumbling about this that you can make an absolutely perfect IPA without getting into the high sixes, sevens, and the ABV.
1: Right. Um, and so that's. I, I tend to really enjoy my five and a half percent. I was going to go with a different beer that's not an IPA, but I only have one IPA on here, and I better say it because <laughs> I'm going to get there. Probably. You may. You may get there. <laughs> Uh I'm the the one that really intrigued me was Gigantic's magnificent five two seven, mm. which was made with an experimental hop na- numbered five two seven, which is now gone. Apparently, can't get it anymore, and mm. I don't know if it's going to become a named variety. It, that doesn't. There's no information, and when I Google it, I couldn't. I, I admittedly did not spend a lot of time. Yeah, looking around, uh, I couldn't find uh, much evidence of it. So that's cool. They they talked about how. Uh, in the description, they they thought it had all these fruit flavors, as you would imagine. Um, it was one of their favorites, and they they lament its lost. So right. that sounds great. So I would definitely uh, check that out because I'm always interested in those rare experiences. And it sounds like you got to get this one before it's gone.
0: Yeah. So there there are quite a few to choose from, by the way. And, and this one I chose just because I wanted to talk about the business decision of how you approach the OBF. So oh yeah, uh, we've talked uh, about this in the past, but It's it seems to me a bit complicated when you're thinking about what kind of beer you want to send to the OBF if you're a brewery. Uh, You want to kind of you want to make a splash. Um, I think for a brewery that's been around for a long time, you don't necessarily want to. You want to send something special, um, not just a a regular beer. Uh, But that's not always true. If you're trying to make a name for yourself, you've got a great beer. Maybe you just want to get more people aware of it. And so here's an example of that, I think, which is Portland's Great Notion Brewing, which has made quite a name for itself with the big, juicy IPAs. It's right. bringing their very well-known Juice Junior, which is a hazy IPA, 6%. Uh, I really like it. Uh, it's the 2017 Oregon Beer of the Year,
1: whatever that is, you might know. Um, oh, it's probably, uh, well, I don't know. I wonder if it won the OBA Awards could be so so here's a here's a a
0: well-loved well-known uh very good hazy ipa that they're bringing but it's a very different strategy than many of the local breweries that are bringing something very special one off um but that there's risk right because you can bring a, a one with squid ink and seaweed and maybe it sucks or you make a creamsicle and maybe it's terrible I, uh or maybe it's fantastic so it's always fascinates me how you approach this as a brewery but their great notions. just just going to bring one of their surefire
1: winners and yeah. i bet they pour a lot of it oh they'll pour a ton of it i bet it's one of the most popular visit the fest yeah um there uh there are a ton of people who visit the fest from outside of oregon i think uh I was looking at the materials and it's around 50% might actually be more than 50%. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those people are going to want it, want to be trying local beers. And uh, great notion is one of these breweries that has got a lot of run. And in fact, it won a, a, a taste off among hundreds of, uh, IPAs recently, I think in paste magazine. I'm sure somebody will correct me if I got that wrong. <laughs> um, but it, it's a uh, ripe IPA was named the best IPA in America and it beat out, uh, other hazies like Trilliums and Treehouses, and mm-hmm. um, uh, actually, were, it had two in the top twenty, and so did Breakside. So, uh, and, and it was all these national beers, and they, the people who wrote that up, commented that uh, Portland really knows its IPAs, and that is definitely true. So there you go. Yep, yep. So that's <coughs> excuse me, uh, that's a recommendation. You should yeah, you should try it. That's a lot of people best. will have read that and they'll see that, and if they had brought some weird thing that was kind of off. Uh, Off-brand for Great Notion, I think it would have a lot of people would have felt like it was a missed opportunity at a at a fest like this. If I were Great Notion, I would definitely bring one of my hazies.
0: Yeah, I mean they're still relatively new brewery, still making a name for themselves. So um, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, if I were a bigger brewery, I would do some something
0: weird yeah, and offbeat. Yeah, and if I you're... were a
1: smaller brewery, I'd probably give people a, a beer that was characteristic of what we did. So that if they liked it, they would come to my brewery and feel like. A, you know, the other beer, if they liked it, they would find other beers like that. Yeah, that's, and that's actually one of the things pressure.
0: I look at. Like places like Deschutes, for example, uh, um, you'd expect them to do something very different. Uh, what did they do? That's a good question. Yeah, no. when I said that, I was like, oh, I should know this. Uh, and then these newer breweries, I agree. You kind of uh, uh, try to give people a, a sense of what you're all about. Um, so it's always uh, it's always interesting to me. Oh, uh, I have it, actually. A, Deschutes has a oh, I just about to say. Wait a minute. It's one of my highlighted ones. Uh, <laughs> Why so don't you tell us about time it? I might as <laughs> well go to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a New England-style IPA. It's called Fruit Fight. Uh, and it says... Um, <laughs> that's interesting. This trendy new style in craft beer. That sounds very a little corporate to me. Yeah, that's uh, a
1: bad... That's, somebody needs to do better messaging there. Yeah, this is
0: what happens when you become a big company. It gets... The, the the task to write the description for the OBF falls to the marketing department instead of to the brewers. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Okay. Uh, has a aroma of tropical fruit juice with uh, subtle bitterness. Okay. That says nothing. Uh, six hop varieties. I think it's just because it was Deschutes and I don't think I've ever had a New England style IPA from Deschutes So I'm curious how how they would how they how they do it. Right. Um, so this is actually an interesting case where they're they're jumping on the bandwagon instead
1: of doing something crazy. Uh, yeah, I got no. Oh, you know, I have something for the for the hop fans on my list. Yeah, uh, this is a beer that we had at the fest I think two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it was one of the best beers I'd ever had. It blew my mind, and it stuck in my head ever since. I'm it's really intrigued. What is it? Uh, Bayern's Bach that was dry hopped with citra hops. That's right. It Dude. was very subtle, but uh-huh. it had this uh, layer of, you know wonderful kind of orange marmalade and orange blossom sitting on top of a traditional Bach. I remember that beer. So good. So they're Uh, bringing it again. Yes, they're bringing it again. And uh, you should, people should definitely try that. Yeah, I do remember that beer. That is one of the memorable ones. Uh, I think it shows that uh, American techniques can be harnessed by traditional styles in a subtle way Without completely losing the identity of either one, yeah. and, and improve uh, both, make something interesting and cool. I would almost call that traditional, but it does. It, but it's it will please most people, I think. Okay, so the next uh,
0: thing I'm going to do is talk about a pair of beers that you've already mentioned because it's one of your uh, it, it it matches one of your trends. There are two breweries, two of my favorite breweries, uh, local Oregon breweries. One is from Astoria, Fort George, and one is from Hood River, uh, Freem Family Brewers. (laughs) They're both bringing uh, uh, Northeast, uh, New England or milkshake style mango IPAs.
1: There you go. Head (laughs) to head.
0: Great. The Battle of the Gorge. Great minds think alike.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh,
0: that yeah, I guess that's sort of sort of the Battle of the Gorge, Battle of the Columbia River, at least. Um, yeah, that's right. So Fort George from Astoria at the mouth of the Columbia, uh, where Lewis and Clark ended up. I'm <laughs> um, uh, bringing what they call a New England style IPA with mango. Uh, Fort George. Uh, uh, oh no, that's just a bunch of speak. Anyway, they have mango in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to read whether it was uh, it was actual man- mango edition. I'm
1: assuming. Um, uh, both of these have real mango in it. Freem's definitely does. When I saw it, I thought, "Oh man, I can't go there." Um, these these things are. I have to. I have to confess. I uh, I'm not. I'm not drawn by the by the concept. I should. I should. Get in there and try them and see what I think.
0: Well, but, what um, I'll say, and this is especially true with citrus beers, is that I really love it when citrus flavor is created by the hops. Mm-hmm. I tend not to love it when the citrus flavor is created by added citrus.
1: I like, yeah, I feel like uh, some of these beers go to a place that they're not rec- as recognizable as beers anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never as excited about a beer that doesn't taste like a beer
0: I never I don't really know why maybe it's something about the acid in the juice itself but when there's actual citrus juice in beer I tend not to like it it just it doesn't something doesn't resonate on my tongue well uh, Freem does say they use mango puree I assume that Fort George does too but uh, doesn't say um, so anyway those are two very interesting it's funny that they both did mango milkshake IPAs
1: well at the I same time. After after castigating uh, this style and saying I, w- I don't want any... I actually have something kind of like this on my list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, there you go.
1: <laughs> which is Pelicans to Peach Their Own, uh-huh. which is a peach beer. Uh, uses a ton of peaches, 500 pounds or something, if memory serves. Uh, but it's a lager, which is super bizarre. Mm, and yeah, I've never is. heard of a fruited lager. And I don't know if it would work or not, but I would like to try that. And but see. it's also
0: one of these... Uh uh, outstanding Oregon breweries that tend to do a good job on most things. Right. Right.
1: It, um, so if you're gonna, typically I would worry if I saw this, uh, from a brewery I wasn't familiar with, I would worry that, um, they would, they would not, the lager would not really come through. It wouldn't, yeah. it would be overwhelmed by the peach, but yeah. Darren Welch, uh, who is the, the master brewer there has been there forever, uh, will <laughs> oversee that beer, I think and and Demand that it tastes like a lager if they're going to send it out. So, I assume it's going to taste like a peachy lager, but I don't know what that means. So, yeah, that's a good call, that's an interesting one. And, and, and uh, my last
0: beer that's uh, um, sort of uh, in that same uh, well, I don't know, in, it's got fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a, a link here, uh, is Cascade. Uh, brewing from Portland. They're Belmont Street Bramble, which is a sour ale with Northwest uh, berries. It's got um, uh, raspberries. Um, I guess just raspberries and tangerine
1: peel. Yeah, that was interesting. As as far as I can remember, uh, I can never remember Cascade sending one of their true sours. They often send um, other weird kinds of beers that are... Mm. I think these are really expensive beers. Yeah. So, um, that th- yeah, this is like a, the first time a, a real Cascade beer is there. And I, I bet that's going to be a pretty popular one too because it, it, people it, will be interested to try that for the same it, reason. That yeah, and it might be a two-token
0: pour. Oh. Which they do every so often. That's true. And their specialty tent is usually two tokens. This right. This one may be... I'm wondering if it's true If it's true that it's one of the really more expensive ones then. They might do it if in, it is doing, two tokens. I'll tell you. On the other uh, hand, they're kind of an insider. They have an insider, to this, so I don't know how that works. Right. Sort of how you charge it to yourself. But
1: uh, Art Lawrence, who owns the OBF, also owns Cascade. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's hard, it's kind of Art's call. Um, though if it is, uh, even if it is two tokens, it's going to be cheaper than if you went to the brewery to buy it. So yeah. Might as well. Might as well consider it still the deal. Uh, I only have one more beer that I'm really. Uh, yeah that was my last beer about. by the way so okay well here's my last beer, Then we're perfect all right uh i have vertigo south of the border blonde uh which is a concept beer it's it's mm-hmm. a big beer it's like an eight percent beer uh but it's ancient tequila barrels and has fresh lime and orange zest so um kind of a uh an imperial uh mexican style beer <laughs> yeah i'm it's, not sure yeah it's huge
0: 8.2 8. there you are yeah
1: yeah wow i know also not sure if that's going to work but kind of curious so i uh, have you know it's not all loggers for me a lot of loggers, but not all loggers.
0: yeah uh there are no doubt many other interesting beers and good beers to taste these are just ones that sort of jumped off the page to us
1: there were two beers that jumped off the page in the wrong way should i mention those? yeah first? oh yeah we didn't get to <laughs> okay yeah so beers yeah. to avoid by jeff okay the the one that you've sort of already referenced, I'm going to say for last. The other one is Good Life's long acronym. And I don't know if this is a, a, a joke or not, but I, I don't think it's a joke. Um, this is what they describe it as. A dry hopped, Oregon, wine barrel, aged, mixed fermentation, blended, brat, India, pale, lager. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it's all that... It's just too just, much already. <laughs> it's, it's just too much. You, you That's that's several... Uh, uh, several, several too many features in a in a beer, in my view. <laughs> so I would say uh, di- uh, dial that back a bit. But who knows uh, if it is that beer? Um, we'll we'll watch the wrap ups and maybe people will say it was the very best one. Yeah, maybe this last one uh, I can kind of taste even just from the <laughs> description, and I think that you just you're gonna love it or hate it based on the description. It is Coin Toss, uh, Oregon City Brewery, their pickle lager. Yeah. And it's made with pickle juice. So um, there you go.
0: You don't have an open mind. You have an open mind to seaweed, but not pickle juice, huh?
1: Yeah. Seaweed is so much more subtle than pickle juice. Are you kidding me? Pickle juice is crazy strong. Pickle juice. Interesting. Pickle juice is also, I mean, seaweed is wonderful. Everybody loves seaweed. Uh, uh,
0: One interesting note they have on here, which is that there's there's a minor, 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 uh, league baseball team in Portland called the Portland pickles
1: yeah, absolutely appa- I saw a pickles game recently
0: well apparently this is this is served at
1: pickles games I did not see it that's interesting
0: yeah it's uh, so it's like a it's like a thing for the pickles well <laughs> all right
1: that's that is kind of cool I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it up there the so the pickle the the Portland pickles we haven't gone off on into the deep weeds in a while <laughs> the Portland pickles are a uh i can't even remember what they're called you knew what it was they're a wood bat yeah it's a
0: short a wood bat league especially what it, essentially what it is is uh college 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 kids. players who are out of season will come and spent and, and play during the summer
1: uh in a wood bat league um, and the portland pickles play uh with in very short walking distance zoigal house in, oh good point in in what is because uh, we ate there uh, had some nice pickle House beers before we walked over. And it is essentially a high school stadium. I mean, it is tiny. Yeah. It is. It <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, but the pickles, you got to love them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can drink your
0: pickle. So if you miss the OBF, you can go get your pickle beer there.
1: I may one day get a pickle hat, which is, of course, just By the like way, a, a pickle with a hat on. The pickle is wearing a hat. Yeah. So it's kind of like a – it's meta. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, and then with the other – uh, minor only baseball team we have in town is out in Hillsboro, a, a suburb of Portland. Um, maybe they object to that description, but uh, they're the Hillsboro Hops,
1: right? And, and it's the and it's a hot the,
0: the beer hops hops. Yeah, their, their logo is a hop. The logo is a hop and a hop and a baseball cap. I think so. That's so you can get a pickle and a hop. And, that's right. Uh, by the way, the Economist in me suggests I which, would
1: rather have hops in my beer than pickles <laughs> in my beer. Just going to go on the record here. <laughs> well, what
0: I was going to say is that uh, it's probably not nearly as bad as you think because apparently it's people like it they wouldn't keep serving at the pickles games just because it got pickle it's not enough to keep serving it so i'm, I'm guessing it's not
1: well i could imagine people uh, enjoying it at a pickles game in a way that combines um boosterism and irony <laughs> uh that would not be present at any other occasion so but there see
0: that's that's the economist i think that would last like a couple of weeks and then You'd get rid of the pickled beer because people no longer find it amusing or ironic.
1: Yeah, not everything can be explained by economics. You, this is where your uh, your 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 could teach you. A thing shocked! I am shocked that you would say such a thing. <laughs> Isn't an
0: anthropologist you admire? Uh, speaking of, anthrop- I admire anthropologists. You're, you're often trying to ta- bait me. You're, you're often to, talking crap about you're the trying anthropologists. To bait me. I'm not even going to go there. But I will say, as a, as someone who would the anthropologist, apologist Benton and me uh, will lament missing the obF this year because I would love to study the wine the people who are going for wine
1: oh so uh, people who are listening to this who uh, listen to this before the fest see who's drinking the wine let us know yeah. we would be fast I'm fascinated in that too my
0: wife I don't can't remember the
1: last time she attended the obF but I suspect that if she came
0: she would probably go for the wine maybe the cider Yeah, Uh, and some of the light the light beers. So I'll be very interested to see how 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 that works. Me too. Whether wine's a good thing and and who's using it and or who's drinking it. Anyway, uh, so that ends. That's it. Our OBF.
1: uh, We we mentioned basically every beer, so it was very selective.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We mentioned a good probably probably a selection of beers. Uh, we also gave some cautionary tales and some, if some, if you're wild wild and, and woolly you can try some of these far farther out beers. That's right. Which is kind of the nice thing about the fast. You can kind of go real basic or you can really go far out there. It's fun to go, uh, if you're not um, like a, a, a real germaphobe, it's fun to go with friends and share around the beers
1: and then you even get more variety in your taste. Absolutely. And everybody should do that. That's just uh that's just good sense. Yeah. Share beers. The alcohol in the beer kills all the germs anyways. I've never I literally have never known anyone to get sick that way.
0: So <clears throat> no, I don't think it's sick. I think it's just people who find it distasteful.
1: The but, heebie-jeebies?
0: Yeah, uh, but you, know, you need to get over it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the OBF this year. I hope you enjoy it. Please uh, be in touch and let us know uh, which beers you liked and which beers you didn't. Yeah, um, get back to us. Let s- us know your thoughts. Especially since we might not be attending, we would like to know.
1: I will definitely not be attending. I'm going to be in Duluth. Attending. so uh,
0: And it's unlikely that I'll attend. Uh, so you get in touch with us by... Uh, uh, emailing Jeff at Jeff
1: at birvanablog dot com.
0: That's right. Or the Birvana Blog
1: has a Facebook page. You can post on there. Yep.
0: Uh, you can comment on the Birvana Blog, but that doesn't really get you right to us.
1: Yeah, and if you want to go to the Birvana Blog uh, Facebook page and keep the chatter up about the uh, fast, maybe I will pull a couple of those comments and mention them <clears throat> the next time we get together on the pod. Yeah, So I'll put a I'll put a post up there for, and solicit your comments as it's going on. Yeah, and you're off to Duluth, Minnesota. I'm giving a talk to the Minnesota Brewers Guild, so That's that'll good. be fun. Much better to go in July than in January. I suppose, but isn't it hot and buggy and, and muggy? Hot, buggy, and muggy? Yeah, yeah.
0: but you're also on the, the edge of the lake there, so...
1: It's true. I'm really close to both Canada and Wisconsin, according to the map. Yes, you are. So maybe I'll see some Packer fans. So yeah, if
0: you get... If you get a little overwhelmed, you could just escape to Wisconsin. <laughs> Which you'll, you'll get the reference. Uh, I actually saw a car with that bumper sticker. That's why, other,
1: that's why I'm chuckling.
0: I saw the car with that bumper sticker the other day. I was completely blown away. I was like, well, wow, I haven't seen that in it about
1: it, 10 years. It actually occurs to me. I wonder if I'm close enough that I can get some uh, new Glarus. I'll be really close to the state line. I wonder if I just pop over and get some new Glarus. Ooh, that'd I better be, bet be in the stores in Duluth. Nope. No, they don't bottle, they don't can. Oh, they do, but they only sell in Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah, that's it. Ooh, okay, yeah, you got to make a pilgrimage. I know, that would be pretty good. All right, well, think about that.
0: Okay, so uh, hopefully we'll be back soon with a real pod, uh, but until then, uh, enjoy the fest, or if not, enjoy the fest, uh, serendi- uh, not serendipitously. Uh, <laughs> in absentia? In absentia, uh, through our suggestions in the comments that follow. All right. All right, uh, I have nothing to cheers you with. Yeah, Let's this like was a pod time extra. in a row. No,
1: don't mention it. It'll that that would make it a trend and there's no trend here this is a pod extra
0: all right well come enjoy portland enjoy the obf uh say hi see us. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, i'm not even here i can't even t- stop the pod <laughs>
1: all right are we ready
0: uh yeah cheers jeff cheers <laughs>